Patrick Swayze is known for quite a few films in the 1980s. He was in The Outsiders, he was in Young Blood. By 1987, he had his big break with Dirty Dancing. But today, we're going to talk to you about the movie in 1989 that director Rowdy Harrington brought us about a bouncer named Dalton brought in to tame that dirty bar called the Double Deuce. That's right, everybody. Today we're talking about Roadhouse. So, as the old movie poster said before, time for dancing's over. Now it's time to get dirty. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Chris reminding you to follow us everywhere where you get your favorite podcast at. We are on iHeartRadio. We are at Amazon Music, Google Music. We are at Anger.fm with where we're hosted. Most of all, we are on iTunes and Spotify. Please make sure when you listen to us on iTunes and Spotify to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. It does help a lot in the ratings. It's very much appreciated. I've also been asked, hey, how can I help support the show? Well, there's two different ways you can do that. Actually, three. The first two ways are we have on the anchor.fm site that we're hosted on a button that says support podcast. You can there press that button and donate any number of money that you like, whether it be a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, whatever you feel like doing. I've also signed up for buy me a coffee. If you go to the Instagram page for Retro Life for You, there is a link there in the profile where you can buy me a virtual coffee and it's you supporting the podcast and helping us keeping things going. The third and most important way, though, is word of mouth and telling your friends and family about the show and sharing us with everybody. That is a huge help all on its own. Everything you do is appreciated, and it will help the podcast go a long, long way. Thanks for being our listeners and supporters. And hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, Retro Life for You. My name is Chris Adams, the one and only most wonderful host with me this week is the second most wonderful host, Ray Franklin. Ray, thanks for coming back with us again, man. Oh, no problem, man. How you doing this week? Pretty good, pretty good. We are we're we're kind of torn at the moment. We're we're podcasting, but football is on. So if you hear Ray explode for any reason whatsoever, it's because you know Dallas messed up and he can't take it. Uh, we're gonna see. But hey, at least his team is in it. My team is looking forward to next year and hoping they can get back in the playoffs again. So. <laughs> That is a show for another day. Yeah, tell, right tell, there. Tell all uh, them, them, them Commander Redskins fans, they, they love to hate our misery. So, uh, you know, tell, tell them they can, I, they can join your team and wait till next year, too. Because, you know, uh, before we jump into the show, uh, years ago I was a Dallas fan because my area didn't have a home football team in the NFL. I live in Nashville, so we have the Titans now. So the Titans is my team. But back in the uh, early 90s, yeah, I was a Dallas fan because they showed them on TV a lot here. And so that's what I that's what I, I rooted for. And we had, had some good times. Dallas San Fran rivalry was huge at the time. Mm-hmm. And they're picking back up on again this year. Both of them good teams. It's a close game. No, we got so, we got room on a fan bus, man. You can hop back. I, yeah, I'm sure they do, but you know, Titan man now, man. I, good I, Titans. I, I, King Derrick Henry, man. Come on. King Derrick Henry. A couple of years ago I, I converted a uh a Redskins fan to become a Cowboy fan. Well, that's like converting a Vanderbilt fan to become a UT Vol fan here in Tennessee, and that just don't happen usually. 
Yeah, they, they said that wasn't gonna happen either, but that that is the uh, third time I've done that. So. <laughs> you say them about the because of those commanders hating y'all. I mean, them commanders hate y'all. Them giant fans hate y'all. Them eagle fans hate y'all. I, I don't know why we've done nothing to nobody. You just for a long time ruled that division, and they couldn't stand that. So, well, that that ain't our fault. That was a long time ago, though. Things have changed. Things have changed a little bit, and Giants looking good. Philly's looking good. Philly Philly just beat up the Giants. Uh, you know the Redskins changed their name to Commanders and went downhill like the, they, <laughs> like the like the like the they proclaimed to look they, like they now downhill since the mid two thousands. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it didn't help any. And everything just changed for them. But anyway, anyway, on to the show this week. We are doing a movie that has been a longtime favorite of mine. Races every time he comes on television. He makes sure he watches it. I'm, I'm sure it's a favorite of his too. And Ray, I want you to do something for me, okay? What's that? I, I didn't get a request for you. I want you to be nice until I tell you not to be nice, okay? <laughs> yeah. right? That's that's one of the rules. I'll I'll try. That's one of the rules, all right? I'll try. I can't make it, right. but I'll try. So we're we're talking about Roadhouse this week, in case anybody didn't pick that up. <laughs> Patrick Swayze has his set of rules he goes by for bouncers, and being nice is one of them. Take the fight outside, never inside. Yeah. And above all else. Be nice. Be nice. It's just a job. I remember as a, as a, when it came out when he said that. I'm like, be nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as a, as an as an adult who's been in a few skirmishes, mm-hmm. I can see how being nice would throw some people off their game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, uh, it's like the guy asked him, he was calling my mom or whatever. I can't say the name because we're, we're a family <laughs> show, you know. But he's like. That's not bad. It's just two down put together to uh, elicit a response. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, huge cast. Uh, huge cast. It's from 1989, the mm-hmm. movie. In case anybody's wondering, we're talking 1989 here. Patrick Swayze plays the role of Dalton. Sam Elliott plays Wade Garrett. Kelly Lynch is playing Doc, uh, whose uncle is uh, in town, played by Red West. Red West is playing. He's a real stretch for Red West. He's playing a character called Red Webster. So you is know. So Red is his real name. Red's his real name, apparently. Uh, ben Gazzara plays Brad Wesley. Now, there's only a few people I thought could play that role like he did. That you know, he's just this genuine. But you know, I mean, a giant butt is what he is. Brad Wesley was a. Um, he was a. You said it's a family friendly show, so I'll be nice. And <laughs> he was a bit of an a hole. That he was, man. He was. Uh, in, in typical eighties, he had the hot, hot uh, girlfriend who wore leotards and what's those little things you wear at the bottom? The sweat socks and all oh, that. Stuff. Uh, leg warmers, leggings. Yeah, doing the Jane Fonda workout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's got his little, his little. Uh, Pet that he doesn't keep on the leash. Marshall T plays the role of Jimmy. Now, now you know before you get to the to the name you're going to get to, you know how somehow, some way, wrestling ties into almost everything. Wrestling was mainstream. It was way yeah, way before the attitude. I mean, if you want somebody who can be a good bouncer, who would you call Terry Funk? Hey, why not? That 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 Texan from that was a double double cross ranch. You don't mess yeah, with that guy. No, you don't. You don't. And, and Terry, he was he was a little muscular in this movie. Yeah, he never was known for being 
but he had a, a bodybuilder type dude. But I mean, it's like he toned he was toned down a little bit, not quite, you know, such a gut or anything. And uh, but this, this, I mean, there were people in this movie that I hadn't recognized before, so I started watching other things. I'm like, wait, that's the dude from Roadhouse, you know? But they was already out before that. Right, right. Uh, and I missed it. Uh, Julie Michaels is playing the role of Denise. I think that's the you were referring to the girl from the '80s look with the, the leotards and the Jane Fonda workout thing. Mm-hmm. She's been in a few different things. Uh, she was in also with Patrick Swayze. She was in uh, Point Break. She was a crazy woman jumped out of the shower half naked onto him uh, to uh, not Patrick Swayze, but um, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were, they were breaking into that house. Okay. Sunshine Parker. Says, uh, that can't be right. Is that right? Sunshine Parker is Emmett, the old man. The old man's name is Sunshine. No, the old guy that had the phone. So it says Sunshine Parker, Emmett, as Sunshine Parker. Well, he he looked like he can back, you know, with a name like uh, 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 Sunshine, you better be able to fight. (laughs) Owner of the Double Deuce that played uh, Tillman, played by Kevin. Kevin Teague looks like T I G H E. I guess it's Teague, 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 something like that. You know what I've always wanted to know about uh, uh, the the owner? What's that? Why do they like make him such a punk? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's got this smirky attitude about him, don't he? Like he, like like a very punchable face. You want to go for like, just hit him? But he looked like he was scared to like to be in the bit like you back then in those type of establishments, you had to have a you know a an attitude at least. You had to have some type of tough guy in you. He didn't look like a tough guy at all. He didn't look like a tough guy. He looked like the 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 little snarky businessman that had the smart attitude about him, who had little quirky one liners he'd say to you to be smart aleck or something. But right. if you ever want to throw down with him, no, I can't do that. I gotta leave. Let me get my bouncer guy. Let me get my cooler. Hold on. I got just yeah. enough money to pay somebody to do, fight for me. Right. <laughs> That's about what it comes down to. I mean, I didn't, you know, uh, yeah, there, there's Terry Funk right there. Played Morgan. I, some of the other guys, let's see. There is uh, Pat McGurn played by, okay, you're going to laugh at this. Remember <laughs> Pat McGurn, which was um, Brad Wesley's nephew. He uh, was uh, skimming from the bar. Every other drink, he pocket some of the money. I just saw his real name. Did you see it? <laughs> <laughs> this is original. John Doe. Wow. So somebody's playing a rib on him. Oh, I think they gotta be, man. There's no way his like, name is John Doe. Like Rudy, can you imagine, you know, being the guy that has to tag somebody, an unknown person, and you find out his name is really John Doe? Like next thing you're gonna tell me, next thing you're gonna tell me the guy that drove the monster truck, you know, his name is Joe Smith or something. I guess that's what you're here next, but <laughs> I believe that was Roger Hewlett. I think that's him. I can't tell for sure. He's it's an older picture now. Yeah, it might I can't tell. But anyway, this movie came out next in 1989. Action thriller type movie, rated R for you know, for good reasons. Um, how much money do you think the movie made? Are you looking at it right now? Uh, not the. It's released on May 19th, 1989, a week after my birthday. Budgeted estimated budget seventeen million dollars. Opening in USA and Canada, it made five million nine hundred fifty-seven thousand six hundred and fifty-six dollars. Opening day, opening opening weekend. How about the, the gross worldwide thirty million fifty-seven thousand 
$50,028. So it uh, didn't quite double the estimated budget. It's still making money, though, because it's on, it's on at least three times a month. Well, I mean, some of these movies, they, they come out with expectations and hopes and don't do well in the theaters, but they become like a cult classic. Like we talked before, The Last Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, 1983-84, I believe it was. It could have been 85 with Timex and Vanity and them. Uh, did not do good theaters, no. but took off. Uh, on video on VHS, uh, big trouble. I think big trouble in China did the same thing, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the last Starfighter, you know, one of my favorite 80s flicks. I always bring, always bring it up somehow if I can in the show. Mm-hmm. That same thing, uh, cult classic now VHS. It took off like crazy and made money, but the theaters, not so much. So, because Patrick Swayze was, was this before or after Ghost? This is before Ghost, but he's had other movies, you know. Prior to this, what are they? What are they as so, big? let's see. Uh, were they as big? Well, I mean, there was Outsiders for one. Outsiders was early in the 80s. We know he did well with Outsiders, right? Yeah, so let's go ahead and take a quick look here. And I'll read off to you all of what he had before that. So, the movie that I wanted to do today, Raven's gonna have to look at it and watch it because he is not. He didn't remember watching, which was Red Dawn, another Patrick Swayze movie. Uh, but so let's get here and let's start with 83. He had the Renegades, a TV series. He was in Uncommon Valor. He was in Grandview, USA. He was in Red Dawn. He was in uh, North and South, book one, North and South. It was a TV miniseries, I'm sure, about the Civil War. He was in Youngblood with Rob Lowe, a movie about hockey. Um, amazing Stories. North and South book two, love and more. Okay, here's the reason why I say he was already known. Okay, before Roadhouse was done, he had already done Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing was in '87, very popular movie for Swayze and Jennifer Grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that he should. So Dirty Dancing is, is the movie my aunt fell in love with. That's how she fell in love with Patrick Swayze. That's yeah. how I, my aunt is the reason I've ever seen any Patrick Swayze movie. Really. She is in love, well, was in love with that man. Uh, Tiger Warsaw was done in 88, and then 89 was Roadhouse. So really and truly, the biggest things in a lot of people's eyes that he did was Roadhouse and Outsiders, because Steel Dawn went straight, I think that went straight to VHS, I'm not sure. That's kind of like a a barbarian type thing meets, you know, sci-fi or something. Um. Youngblood, which was a fun movie if you liked hockey, but only only drew a bunch of hockey fans to watch. It's like saying the Bad News Bears only brought in baseball fans or something. I, mean, I am not a hockey fan, so so I I, I wasn't either. And I, I've never seen Youngblood. Uh, the first hockey movie I ever watched, I think, was The Mighty Ducks, followed by Mystery Alaska, and, and I like both of them. But I am I am ashamed to say I've seen the first Mighty Ducks. I, I've seen I've seen I've seen three of them, the first all three of them, but. Grandview USA, never watched it. It's about a little mini race car track. Has Jamie Lee Curtis in it as well hmm. uh, with some people. Uh, Uncommon Valor, it's been a long time. It's a war movie, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, uh, so he uh, he wasn't a major star in it, I don't think, but he's in it. And The Outsiders, you know, played Daryl Curtis. Uh, Pony Boy's older brother uh, and kind of a big role there. So he was, he was popular known for that as well. So this is this is his second big movie. I would say this is his second or third big movie of the 80s. The rest of them, in my opinion, were just there. Right. Um, 
Killer after movie. that, though, after that, he did like um, Point Break. He did Next of Kin. He did a few others on top of that. You know, Ghost. He's, his his stock started rising after Dirty Dancing, and then Roadhouse, and like Ghost or Next of Kin was first, and I think Point Break, and then Ghost, and then ah, there had to be more to that. I didn't left this the screen too, but there had to be more than just that. Uh, we and we know what Sam Elliott's done, you know. You know, yeah, I, I first saw Sam Elliott in uh, what was that movie where Whoopi Goldberg was a cop? Oh my goodness, I know what you're talking about. Um, he was in that movie, and and oddly enough, he looks the he looked the same. <laughs> like he, I don't think that man ever looked like he. The, he's always looked like he was 49 years old. Yeah, he doesn't seem like he ages. That's what women love about him. He just like he never ages hardly. He's he's got gray hair. Now, but his, his face still looks the same. Yeah. I would cut. Hey, I have a cousin that looks dead like him. He's a dead ringer for him. I swear. Can he get away with actually pretending to be him? If he wanted to, he probably could. I, I mean, if he can, if he can get the voice down, he probably could. He's got the look. He, uh, we, we were joking one year and see, hadn't seen him in a while. And he come in all dressed up like would look like some little western guard with some kind, but not really like a cowboy, but like what you'd expect, like like a rancher in Texas to wear or something. I'd be like, you know, I said for, I said, well, we throw one of them cowboy hats and you, you might be, uh, you know, that guy from Tombstone. <laughs> he said, who? I said, come on, you look just like Sam Elliott right now. Look, except your hair is short. But did he have, he had the scruffy beard and all that? Yes. Stuff? Yeah. The same thick mustache with scruffy beard. Mm. Yeah. That, that guy, he's, he's looked the same. He's, he's like Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson has looked 40 forever. Well, 40 but extra weight. Uh, this movie also had Jeff Healy in it. For those who remember the song, um, I'm not going to call him, a, uh, he, he may be a one-hit wonder, I don't know. But uh, Angel Eyes was a big hit for him in the 80s. You um, I, 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 I am not typically a fan of his genre of music, mm-hmm. but I enjoy him. He's not, he's not bad. I mean, it, uh, he's, got, he's got a little soul to him. Yeah. He's one of those guys where you hear it, you don't think it's you know what he would look like, what he sounds like, or something. And he and he's and he's blind. So. Yeah, he's blind. That's the thing. That's one of the lines in the movie. He goes, uh, "Swayze walks in, you play pretty good for a blind man." He goes, "Yeah, and I thought you'd be bigger." <laughs> <laughs> I ain't heard that before. <laughs> the thing is with um, Swayze's character Dalton. Dalton learned from the best in Wade Garrett how to be a cooler. In bars, and so he's got this reputation following him. Everybody thinks he's larger than life because he's so bad and everything. You can't, you can't beat him. And he turns places around, and he's so good at what he does. And then they see him in real life, and he's like, oh, "I pictured you taller or something, or just built muscular. I thought you'd be bigger." He does not fit the description of a bouncer, right? He just doesn't, and he doesn't have the attitude of one either. He's got this more of a zen-like attitude or something, you know, kind of laid back. Exactly, exactly. And um, so the owner of the newly acquired Double Deuce, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, Sam Elliott. Gets there, that's the, that's a horrible name for a bar. I know. Sam Elliott pulls up, his Wade Garrett pulls up on his motorcycle, looks at it and goes, the Double Deuce. Tillman, the guy that bought the bar, though, he's, he's, he's at the place where Dalton's working. He's trying to offer him some money. Dalton's just gotten a fight there. Someone wants to challenge him. He, 
got his arm cut open. He's stitching it up in the bathroom or something. And guy makes him an offer that I guess he can't refuse because Swayze throws some crazy numbers out there, see if he'd take it, and he jumps on it. And he's like, wow, he's going to pay me that much money. Okay. He goes, all right, now I do things my way. What I say goes, and yada, yada, yada. And so the guy agrees to everything just to get him out there and get his place off the ground. It's, it's a bad joint right now. It's a bad place when you get it fixed up, right? So he comes out there, and he's got, like, some of the worst. He goes there one night and stands up uh, at the bar and watches what's going on. A fight ensues. Terry Funk starts to fight. Imagine that. Uh, starts to fight inside. He didn't really start a fight, but, I mean, he is breaking something up. But instead of breaking it up nicely, you know, he uh, starts to fight right there. I mean, Ter- Terry Funk didn't really have to stretch his acting chops to fit into this role. No, we did not. <laughs> did you, uh, Have you ever seen him in anything else, Terry Funk? Uh, I saw him. He was in another movie where he, he was. He was in Over the Top. He's, he he played a bodyguard in Over the Top. It was the movie he was in a tuxedo and he he was in a fight and the tuxedo got ripped off of him. Oh, I think it's Over the Top. Was that Over the Top? I think so. He's he's a, he's a bodyguard for um uh the guy who is uh the grandfather of um Most kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's Robert Loja. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking of another movie. I think yeah, he was in he was in a couple of different movies though. Wasn't he in a Roddy Piper movie? Not they they live. It was another movie Roddy Piper had done. Well, he was in over the top. He was in I don't know what he know. He did stunts in Rainbow Three. Never mind. He wasn't in Rainbow Three. Um, Well, let's see. Okay, we're in the '80s. We got. Paradise Alley and Alley, Paradise Alley in the seventies. A bunch of and, and see the problem is I have to sort through all these different wrestling things that your Saturday night main event, WWF grudge matches, best of WWF volume six, villains of the squared circle. Come on, all right, over the top. He was in Time Stalkers, which was a TV movie. Roadhouse, Swamp Thing, the TV series. Had some uh, several TV series he come into and played a few bit roles. It looks like there was uh, more wrestling, more wrestling, more wrestling. Yeah, it's just a crap ton of wrestling showing up on here. So I don't think he was in. If he was in some kind of a Roddy Piper movie, I'm not sure. Here's one called The Ringer in 2005. Played Frankie. No, no, no. Well, Piper was on a bunch of like. It wasn't a Roddy Piper movie. It was. It was. A, it was. A, it had to do with wrestling, and I, I think the uh, Tonga Kid and all them were in it too. And I think uh, so. That wasn't that thing with uh, David Arquette, was it? No, 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 no. This was back in the eighties. Okay, we were wrestling, and it was like a. I gotta look it up. In the eighties, all I remember wrestling wise in the eighties was Body Slam and all the Marvels and all the Marvels. That might. That might have been it. Body Slam. Body Slam. Yeah, I don't see it listed in here. He was an uncredited thing, but it doesn't mean that yeah he wasn't in it. Yeah, he wasn't in like a. He was like one of those guys. There was a bunch of different wrestlers in there. They whole bunch, a bunch of them probably didn't even get credit for it. But yeah, like did it have uh, Dirk Benedict in it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing a manager or somebody. Yeah, and that's Body Slam. Yeah. Okay. Sworn he was in that. That's Body Slam. And then, like I said, uh, there was a one called All the Marbles for Women Wrestling. It had Peter Falk in it playing a manager of some girls. 
was a girls tag team. That was fun to watch. I've never seen it. <laughs> I say it's an old 80s bit, man. It's one of those movies that you probably have never even heard of. Peter, Peter never Falk, see it. Peter Falk does not strike me as being anything I need to see. I just, I am. He, and how's this for a for a uh, director's name? Are you ready for this? Right. Director Rowdy Harrington. What a name. More than 51, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Other movies. And Roadhouse, such as Striking Distance and Repo Man. Repo Man. That was a yep. yep. I thought that was a bad job of wrestler. It was, but there's also a movie called Repo Man. Wow. Um, okay. It's in the stick up. Yeah, Repo Man, uh, just so you know, had, uh, I think, Emilio Estevez in it. I'm trying to see it. Yep. Harry Dean Stanton, Emilio Estevez, Tracy Walter. A young punk recruited by a car repossession agency finds himself in pursuit of a Chevy Malibu that's wanted for a $20,000 bounty. Uh, it has something otherworldly stashed in his trunk, though. <laughs> uh, so, let's yeah. It's Julie Michaels. Uh, okay, full disclosure, right? We're, we're, we're all adult males. There we are. One of, the, one of the main reasons I watched Roadhouse outside of the fight scenes and just a good overall story of it was her. Yeah, Julie Michaels. Yeah. It was her. It was something about her eyes. And trust me, I'm not a fan of the big. That was, it was the 80s. So all the women had the all big, big poof hair. Yeah. But for some reason, it worked on her. And she did not, in as far as the character, like, she did not, she wasn't, in, well, she didn't let him know she was impressed by him. Clearly, she was. But. Right. She wanted him to be impressed by her. Oh yeah. I mean, this is Brad Wesley's lady. Now Brad Wesley is very, very um uh what's the word here? Um he doesn't share. All right. Nah, he's not gonna share. If this is his woman, he wants you to know it. Well, she's taking an interest in Dalton. And for her troubles of taking interest, she's got a black eye. It looks like when Dalton goes to meet with Wesley at his at his house and everything. The house a house which I'm sorry, I couldn't live in that house. No, that's too weird. All those animals, like just like, dude, I get it. You hunt, you kill animals in the woods. I get it, but do you have to mount every last one of them and put me out? You'd be, you'd be like the guy that was afraid to go in the house as one of his bodyguards. Yeah. When, when the cops there at the end of it, that you see anything? He goes, polar bear fell on me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a, wasn't a polar bear. Yeah, it's a polar bear. It says, it says. Polar bear fell on me. I thought it was a brown bear that fell on him. But... Uh, well, he, if it was, I don't know if it was, but he called it a polar bear. Yeah, he That's what he called it. Not, not, like, none of his henchmen uh, looked like they were road scholars anyway. So, no. The one, the, my nephew, he was it, no, the one when they had the, uh, when they all got their butt whipped by Dalton. And yeah. They'll go back and face him and he punched the guy. Yeah, he said, uh, no, he, he tells the first guy, he wants him to say they're sorry, right? Right. He wants, yeah. He's waiting for an apology. And the first guy steps up, I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry, it won't happen again. And I was like, yeah, boss, we're sorry. It won't happen again. He goes, thanks, you know, I believe you, but I don't believe you. Mm. You, you know why I don't believe you? He says, why is that, boss? And he hits him in the nose. He goes, because you're a bleeder. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, but no. Um, that, and what was the the heavy set guy that they had with him? The little short pudgy guy, the heavy. You know, had I think he had on suspenders. 
That's the one that the polar bear fell on. That's what. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know how he ended up because he don't look like he was scaring anybody. I can't think of what his, what his name was. He was the softest one of all. Like, rest I, of he's a, the only the, the, the biggest claim to fame he has in the movie of the polar bear falling on him is getting a cheap shot on Dalton and uh, kicking him. No, was it Dalton he kicked or was it one of the other bouncers he kicked and uh, got, a, got a punch in on him? I think it was one of the other bouncers. The, the, the best uh, fight sequence of the movie by far is when they were uh, Dalton and uh, what's the guy? The, the the his right hand man. They were out there by the lake. You remember that one? Dalton and his right hand man. Dalton and uh Wesley's right hand man. Yeah, don't place Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was by the lake and they were doing their full karate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> full karate. <laughs> but it, 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 it looked good though, but I don't I don't I've never seen I fight. believe I believe they refer to that as studio karate. It, it, it was you could tell it was clearly choreographed, but it looked good though. Yeah. It looked good. So they did fairly well with there wasn't so much over the top karate, it was just bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, and not enough real fight to keep interested where it looks kind of real. And, and, and then you have you you know how you especially movies back then, but the fights just didn't even look real. Like nobody's doing some of that stuff in a fight. Yeah. I know you bring this up, and I'm looking at something right now. It says Marshall T, who is Jimmy, initially did not get along with Patrick Swayze, but while filming their big fight, both men quickly realized they shared a dedication to realistic stunts, which improved the relationship. They developed so much mutual trust that they improvised a lot and allowed each other to throw real punches and kicks. When Jimmy swings a log at Dalton, T mistakenly thought it was a breakable prop log. By the end, Swayze was covered in bruises and had two broken ribs and a busted knee. Damn. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show today, but bear with me just one moment while I get a quick word in from a good friend of the show of ours, Tim, at 80s Flicks Flashbacks. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and listen to an 80s Flick Flashback podcast once in a while, you could miss it. Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes, VCRs, and the video rental stores? Does the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? My name is Tim Williams. I'm the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. On each episode, I'm joined by guest co-host to discuss one of the many movies released in the 1980s. We share our first-time watch memories, our favorite scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories about the cast and crew along the way. New episodes are released every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an excellent episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. The ad is over. Go home. Go. Patrick Swayze was trained by kickboxing champion and action star Benny Urquidez, who also had a small cameo in the film. Yeah, so I mean, I could see how they, I, I could see why they wouldn't get along. I mean, look at them; they're, they're fairly muscular, they're in shape, guys. And I am clearly a heterosexual, but you know, two nice looking fellows. I'm pretty sure they they didn't have any trouble in the ladies' department, so I could see how they didn't get along. It's probably an ego thing. That could have could have been. Who knows? 
And then while they're having a little ego trip, Sam Elliott's like, let me tell you boys something. <laughs> let me show you how I get the women, all right? Just, just him popping a bear open with his teeth will probably just get the women. He just has to look at him and go, hey. <laughs> oh, ah. mm-hmm. uh, they, they, uh, yeah, I, I can, they were, they're the typical uh, Jimmy and, and and Patrick are the typical leading men type guys, leading guys, tough guys, and then you got this old grizzly veteran back here, yeah, who is who can probably whip both their butts, <laughs> and probably can pull more women too. So you were talking about the the fight, uh, the initial time they meet in the bar when Wesley brings Jimmy with him to the bar, and. Um, he gets the girl to get up there and start dancing on the tabletop to where she ends up going topless and covering herself with the hat and mm-hmm. Swayze going over to her and reaching to take her hand and helps her down, you know, gets her to go on, brings her over and says, if you're going to have a pet, keep it on a leash. And he says, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> but she comes back out there and he starts uh, doing stuff and grabs a pool cue and spins it around like he's a bad karate dude or something, points at one of the bouncers. And tells them uh, all three of them to come at him, and Swayze's like, "Go ahead, you know." So they get up there, and he takes all three of them out. Then someone starts throwing a chair back here and breaks all the glasses and bottles behind the bar, and everything everything starts. So they're having their fight in there, and you see Jimmy call out, "Wait, Garrett!" He's like, "You!" You know, he jumps up on stage or on the stage and jumps back down to take him on, mm-hmm. and he's doing fairly well. But uh, and Wade Garrett's holding his own with him. Uh, and uh, Jimmy's about to get the better of him, and Dalton comes up and catches his leg and tosses him aside, and they start taking the fight, and then Wesley shoots the gun there and stops it off. says, no, nope, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. Town ain't big enough for both of us. You know, somebody's got to go. You know, we'll let you make that decision or something. The next thing you know, he, Brad Wesley is a uh, the, the whole thing with Brad Wesley is he, he's holding the town, basically. He's, and, pulling, he's, pulling a, a, he's pulling a mob move. Yeah, it's like a protection racket. Yeah, uh, he goes and he takes money from them, all the businesses every week. He takes a cut of their business every week. Dalton recognizes it up front. Doesn't really do anything about it, but he recognizes it from Red in his hardware store. And um, Red was the most nonchalant guy about the whole situation. Right. He's like, Do you get robbed? He goes, Every week. <laughs> he goes in the store and you think they're going to find Red laid up in the, in, in the back behind the shelves or something like that. And he just comes out with a mop bucket. Like, yeah. I just got a mop ball. I'll be all right. Every week. Yeah. Then you got the guy with the car lot. Uh, Red's business gets burnt to the ground. Mm-hmm. He's mad. Car lot guy, like, don't you have insurance? You know, because they're all standing up to Brad Wesley, and this is Wesley getting back. So the next day or the day, a few days later, they come with a monster truck. They start running over the guy's cars. And Red's right. looking at him like, oh, don't you have insurance? Didn't, <laughs> you know? they, didn't they drive that truck through the window? I think they did, but they drove it over a line of cars too oh, that was yeah. out there. Drove right off the right through the uh, showroom window. Yeah, that, that's uh, the, that's the job on the movies that I want. The stunts, driving the cars and stuff. Just, just let me crash a bunch of cars. <laughs> other people's cars, not mine. I don't don't crash my car. Well, I, you know, well, that would be kind of cool though. But uh, the the whole thing about Leslie taking over the town is you got. Finally, Dalton's wanting to do something about it. He's so he don't want to sit there and watch it go by. And the reason is for it 
is the woman, you know, Doc. She goes there and she uh, stitches him up one night, takes care of him, compliments his work on past things he's done, and they go get a, they get a drink and everything. Can I just tell you, anybody that travels with their medical files, yes. <laughs> they, they get into a lot of fights. So. Yeah, say that. You just, it's just, just expected, you know. They're going to need this file here. Here's the last time I've been stitched up. Doc. There you go. It's, it's a part of the job. It's okay. I don't like it, but okay. So, but you know, so he he quickly finds out uh, from the guy, you know, Jeff Healy, whoever he plays in the movie, the musician, the band, the other uh, word on the street is she used to date Brad Wesley. That sure enough, that was uh, how that was the big the big thing between the two of them. Wesley didn't like Dalton being close to her, and he didn't like the fact she used to be with Wesley. He finds out about it. I guess he confronts her. I don't remember this part for sure. But I know for sure that um, they have a, little, a few words about it. See, that's the, um, that's the bad part about these old movies. If you don't have them on VHS and you watch yeah. them on TV, the commercial breaks kind of cut out some scenes. Uh, yeah, they do. It changes just a little bit sometimes, just enough to where it throws you off some. Uh, so, you know, Wade Garrett's trying to get him to go ahead and just say, look, kid, let's just toss it in. It's like Memphis all over again. Toss it in. Let's go. Let's get out of this place. We'll hit the next joint right down the road like we always do. Everything's going to be just fine. And he's telling him, you want to leave, you go, but leave me alone. You know, I'm not leaving this place like it is. Whatever he's decided, this is his place he wants to be. He's making his stand, I guess, and he likes this woman. And uh, so, but she doesn't want him to fight and do anything dangerous like Brad Wesley. She doesn't want him to become another Brad Wesley. So um, it, it comes down to a confrontation, ultimately. Um, Wesley is getting serious about it. And spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen this. If you haven't, I disown you. But <laughs> I'll, I'll give you five seconds. Four, three, two, one. I'm here. I go. Um, Wade Dalton or Wade Garrett gets killed. Uh, he he gets killed by the people. They they stab him. Um, and um, since 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 Wade gets killed, Dalton said, "This is it. He's going to Wesley's place. This is we ain't having this." So he goes there. He knows who the knife belongs to. He's seen it before. Um, and in the notes, it's something like heads or the we flipped heads or tails, looked like he lost or something. And it was on tails, I think it was, or maybe it was on the heads. Anyway, the way it goes, when he confronts the guy that did it there, he um, the guy pulls the knife out, Dalton kicks it out of his hand, it flies up in the air. He gets the guy by the throat, catches a knife, and jams it in him and goes, Tails again, you know, then twists it on him and kills him. As much of a badass as Patrick Swayze is, that it was movie magic. Right, you know it was, and you got to get the great one-liner in. All of them, all of them back then had the great one-liners. Whether it was Arnold, like stick around, or you know, but this this movie was full of one-liners though. I mean, this was the. I mean, I don't know if I'd say Roadhouse was full of one-liners. What do you think about it? I mean, I don't know. Give me some more examples. In case I in case I have forgotten, give me some more examples. I think the movie was written in one liners, bro. <laughs> like you can literally take the take the script and look at it and take a one liner from every scene. I mean, I, I can see when he's having the, uh, the the introduction to the guys where he's giving them his three rules. You know, we don't fight inside; we take everything outside. Never fight in the bar. You know, it costs too much money to get this done. You know. Uh, Never do this or whatever. And then lastly, it was be nice. You know, they're like, yeah, come on, be nice. You know, and then he's he's making little smart comments about those. 
Like, there's all when Terry Funk says, well, What am I supposed to do now? He's like, There's always Barber College. When they were fighting all back uh, with the delivery, and yeah. he beat them all up. Yeah. The one, one guy came out, they were ready to fight, and there was no fight left. Yeah. They'd already beat him up. Yeah. I forgot exactly what he said, but it was, that was another one liner right there. When he came out and found a uh, knife in his in his wheel, when she when, when she uh, bought him back when they had the date, and she bought him back to the uh, to his car. Yeah. Another one liner. <laughs> um. Okay, but he had the cool one liner though. Then. Oh yeah. The, the way he's like tails again, because it's like directed directly at the person or whatever to be at that moment, uh, in a tense moment of a fight or something. That's like when you think of eighties action one liners, you only really think of. You think of Stallone, you think of Schwarzenegger, you think of uh, you don't even think much of Chuck Norris. I don't think he had a lot of you know funny one liners or anything. I've been talking a lot um, of him. I he didn't have much verbiage. His no, mind. not really. Not 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 so much like that. I mean, when when I say one liners, I don't they, they weren't like memorable. Like you don't know the movie because of that one the one liners. Yeah. But like I said, if you go back and watch it, the DVD version or VHS version, not the TV version. Yeah, they don't cut a lot of stuff out. Just go back and watch it. And almost at the end of every scene, or in every scene, there's a one-liner in there. You can pretty much take and define your own definition of one-liner too. For example, in Rambo: First Blood Part Two, when Rambo is gripping the mic when he's said, being held as a POW, he tells uh, Murdoch, he gets Murdoch on the radio, says, "Murdoch, I'm coming to get you," and that's it. You know, that's it. That, that's it. That can be considered a one-liner. But it's not a funny, memorable, unnecessary one-liner. Unnecessary one-liners is Schwarzenegger holding the guy over the cliff, Sully, commando. And he's like, hey, Sully, do you remember when I told you I was going to kill you last? And he's like, yeah, you did. You did. He goes, I lied. And he lets him go. And he goes back to the car. And the girl goes, what would you do with Sully? He goes, I let him go. I, you know? I, I love that movie. I do, too. But, I mean, that's what I'm talking about as far as the one-liners go. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Saying, a lot of like so let's maybe one line of one of good he had a lot of quotes in well the there you go there you go quotes in the movie but they weren't like like I said you won't uh um you won't define like if I for went and gave a random one line out of Roadhouse you won't you won't know oh that's Roadhouse right not all I, of them at least yeah you know. uh the, the the main ones that stand out where I thought you'd be bigger mm-hmm. yeah you play pretty good for a blind boy. Well, I thought you'd be bigger. Uh, or when he says tails again, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, there's, uh, there's like the, the one more where he's like, darn it, Dalton, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, well, there's always Bible college Good or God. the guy or, or the guy that he catches having relations with the girl in the, in the, in the, in the storage room. He goes, sorry, whatever his name is. So, so you're out of here. He goes, but I'm on my break. He goes, stay mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> yeah, or the one he caught uh, when he caught the guy stealing out of the uh, register or stealing yeah. off the top, and he told him something about when he, when he you can't do this or something like that. He said, "I just did." So, yeah, <laughs> like I said, one liners not so much like you would remember. Like they're not they're not in your brain. Like oh, that's from Roadhouse, but he had a lot of quotes in this movie. Like yeah, well, then well, needless to say, this is a guy movie. I think for the most part, we love it because of the action in it. The, the thought behind, of course, it's 
it's a bar like scene. Guys like the big bar hangout areas where their buddies can go have a good time and everything. This is what this represents a big a big bar where people can go have a good time and enjoy things. Live music, there's dancing and everything. There's women gonna be there. Guys are all into it. You get the tough guy bouncers, uh, the the like he said the grizzly veteran guy who's the best that there ever was. We're not gonna say the best there will or ever will be. We ain't going all the way through that. <laughs> but you know, you got Wayne Garrett who's who's taught um, uh, the other guy how to do all this, and it's like it makes you want to be Dalton in a way when you watch it. You want to be Dalton. It was a cool movie. Exactly. A cool, a cool character, cool you movie. You want to even wanted to be him or be like him. Right, exactly. Exactly. So. It was a good movie. It, it was a simple story. You didn't have to, you know what I'm saying, dig deep and think too hard about what the story was. And that's the epitome of a good action star or a good action character from that time frame, from the 80s and 90s, because the, uh, the women wanted them and the guys wanted to be them or be just like them. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been making wrestling references off and on throughout this episode, so I'm going to throw one more out there. Uh, growing up Tennessee, watching Memphis wrestling, they had Steve Kern and Stan Lane, which is the fabulous ones. Mm-hmm. Fabulous ones were made fun of so hard because Jerry Jarrett wanted to get them in a position to where they would drive the women crazy, but it made them look a little um, questionable with their sexuality, maybe. With the bow ties and the... the uh, they get bow ties and real skimpy, um, uh, what do you call those little Speedos? Mm-hmm. I call them the, the duck-tailed suit jackets. With the, um, but, but before that, though, the, just the Speedos and a little bow tie, and he'd have them in a video where they got like a bubble bath going on. Not together, mind you, but in separate bubble baths or something and with wine in their glasses, and the women are supposed to go crazy over them, right? But at the same time, they beat the crap out of everybody. They were tough. Mm-hmm. So in that area, growing up watching them wrestle, the women wanted wanted them. The guys wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. Because they were getting the women and they were tough as nails, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's another good reference for wrestling thrown in since Terry Funk's a part of this and everything. And just like we look at Sam Ellen, like he doesn't look like a quote unquote sex symbol, but damn it, every woman didn't want him. I don't the women, it's like I'm not, I didn't understand much of it. I guess because you know, we're not looking at it from the women's perspective, obviously, but it's just like Conway Twitty, an old, an old country western singer. I thought that man was ugly as sin, but the women loved him. Hello, darling. <laughs> you know, that, like, that, ah! that, that's what got him. I'm like, I said good morning to you this morning. You cussed me out. Right. <laughs> this ugly dog says hello, darling. He says hello, darling. You I love you. your I love your tight fitting jeans. <laughs> yeah, he says it. He, I said you cussed me out. He says it. You throw your your, your drawers at him. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what am I missing? I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I never understood the mystery. Oh my gosh. Oh. We're going to have uh, some people laughing at us at this point. Did you know Did you know that Patrick Swayze uh, sustained an injury during filming? Patrick Swayze turned down the roles of Gabriel Cash in Tango and Cash and Mike Harrigan in Predator 2. Uh, one of them was because of his injury he sustained. Nothing against Patrick, but thank God, because I don't, I can't see Tango and Cash with Patrick Swayze. But see, we say that because we got what we've already had, and we know what it's like with with uh, with Kurt Russell. I'm with you. I think Kurt Russell nailed that role. I don't think Patrick Swayze has the chops to go out there and be snarky and sarcastic like Kurt Russell, but still be nope. tough. 
Right. That wasn't his thing. No, I don't think he could pull it off. Um, he uh, It says uh, that's in 1989. It says he chose to make Ghost in 90 as his follow-up instead. A little less physical strenuous role, obviously, in the knee injury ended up being a blessing in disguise. It says as Ghost ended up being a big hit um, and received critical acclaim. Tango and Cash was a box office flop, as was Roadhouse, technically. But he would have done, done back-to-back box office flops if he had taken it. It may have been a box office flop, but HBO loved it because it was all over HBO. Oh, everything. It's been, like we said, it's been loved ever since then and all these things. Um, here it is again, approached to play a star in Predator 2, unable to because of his injury. Uh, I, like, I like going through these facts here that I see to see if there's anything you know neat that stands out. But... Um, Oh, you mentioned earlier about them driving to the window. The monster truck that drives to the Ford dealership in Bigfoot is, is a Bigfoot 7, driven by former vice president of Bigfoot Mofo 4 before Jim Cramer. I it, cost, it cost $500,000 and was done in one take. You don't get many takes for that. Time. No, no, no. The film's original tagline referenced Patrick Swayze's success in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> this is, this is kind of cool, though. In 1987. Uh, the film's original tagline said, "The dancing's over. Now it gets dirty." That was corny. Uh, it's corny, but it's kind of cool, though. Reference to his his, his big thing there. Yeah, cool, his... for, cool for '87. Corny as hell for 2023. Oh yeah, uh, what the, that's what '80s man. Look, what, what does Travis always say? Everybody likes that '80s cheese, man. They like that '80s cheese. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about them '80s, man. I don't. It was weird, but you loved it. I don't. <laughs> When I when it because I'm pretty sure this movie is going to come on in the next three weeks on some channel on TV. I'm pretty sure it comes on no. at least once a month. I know, I know. So I, I want to watch it with with a different eye now because we sat here and talked. Like I've never really sat around and talked to anybody about Roadhouse. It was uh-huh. just it was just a movie. Have you seen it? Yeah. Did you see that part? Yeah. And you move on. But you know, Roadhouse is one of those movies that was talked about a lot amongst guys. Though. Because pretty much every guy out there that you grew up around has seen Roadhouse, yeah, like and, it, and it becomes a talking point between you that you can really get on. Because if if I had just met you and we're talking about things, and suddenly Roadhouse comes up, that conversation would have taken off a lot faster at that point, probably. But at, at the at the I was what ten when this came out, so you know, and I was probably about eleven or twelve when I actually saw it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see it in the movie theater; I saw it on cable like everybody else. Um, um, but yeah, we grew up at that time. At, at that time in our life, we talked about stuff, and then, and you know, from from like wrestling and action movies or whatever, whatever, we would talk about it. Hey, did you see it? And then we immediately start going, doing parts of the, the fight scenes and stuff like that. Did you see that? Right. And then we try to go outside and do it. That's what we did. We was like, oh, yeah, we was, we thought we knew karate because we watched movies like Roadhouse and and, and uh, the best of the best and. You know, we watched Stallone throw some punches. We, you know, we 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 just thought every fight scene was karate. We didn't know what we know now, but we if you fought in a movie, oh, you know karate. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. So that's we it. Didn't, we we didn't know with different forms. We didn't know about jujitsu and Krav Maga and all that stuff. We just if you threw a kick or a punch, you know karate. Dude, I used to tell people all the time it was a joke. I'd be like. You know, don't mess with me, man. I know Aikido, I know Taekwondo, and I know Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> but, up uh, there, up there, up there, left, right, after BA start. Ooh. My uh, cousin had one. He he know uh, he he said uh, 
I know karate, and I know papawe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm real good at I'm real good at papawe. <laughs> who's Who's the person that said someone like I know karate, and other one goes I know Smith and Wesson? That's from a movie, oh, I think. Was that a Dirty Hurdy Dirty Hurdy movie? It might have been. I don't know, but I remember it though. Uh, uh, bro, uh, what's his name? Charles Bronson was it, was it one of those? I, I wish I could remember. I just can't remember. Uh, it's, it's, a, oh, it, it may have been. It may have been one of the Death Wish movies. Charles yeah, Bronson. Yeah, yeah, it, may, yeah. it may have been that. That's, and, and, and it might not have been Smith and Wesson. It might have been another name brand. But I mean, old face to somebody though. Yeah, I know this. I know Smith and Wesson. Yeah, fight over. <laughs> <laughs> you won. Um, the guy that plays Jimmy. <laughs> Where would he go here? <laughs> well, first off, we'll say this. And I'll go back to Jimmy. Um, it's a toss-up. It says who used more hairspray in the movie: Patrick Swayze or Kelly Lynch. Patrick Swayze would joke about that. He goes, that hair turned into the bane of my existence. Because mm. they're like, he, he had the perfect mullet, they would say. Perfect mullet. I think they were all using a bit too much hair joke, hairspray back then. They could have been. The guy that plays Jimmy in the fight at the end of the movie, he tells uh, Dalton, he goes, I used to F guys like you in prison. Remember that? Or did you not see that on TV? <laughs> I, I remember I remember it. You look like you're suddenly remembering and laughing because you forgot about it. Yeah, I forgot it. Then I remembered it. I'm like, oh yeah. He tells him, "Well, it's the F guys like you in prison." When that happened at the pre at the de- debut of the movie, his mom jumped up and goes, "That's my boy." Okay, mom. <laughs> Could you pick the better part of the movie? You got to be proud of your child for something. Yeah. I, guess. I don't know. That's... Hey, come on. How about the bar fight? <laughs> that would have been better. Yeah, you jump up and do that when I'm kicking somebody's butt. Don't not when I say something like that. The the film is listed among the 100 most enjoyably bad movies ever made in the Golden Raspberry Award founder John Wilson's book, The Official Razzie Movie Guide. I don't think this was a bad movie. I don't either. What are they basing that on? I don't know. Both Patrick Swayze and Ben Gazzara, though. That's uh, Dalton and Brad Wesley. Uh, both of them died of pancreatic cancer. Swayze yeah. in two thousand nine, Gazar in twenty twelve. That was that was. I don't know. That that was one of those. I don't really uh, take entertainment deaths. Well, let me take that back. Not entertainment movie star, because a lot of my favorite stars are still alive. But um, for some reason, I was like, man, that 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 was that was a sad day. And I think, like I said, um, I know who Patrick Swayze is because my aunt had a major crush on him. Like, yeah, like everything was Patrick. Like I, I, so she, oddly enough, she didn't have a crush on Michael P.S. Hayes. She just yeah. enjoyed. She just enjoyed that when he's when he said when he walked, he make his jeans talk. So she took that, <laughs> and, applied, she took that and applied it to Patrick Swayze. And she would always say, like, yeah, I, I like the way he make his genius talk. I like to get, I'm like, first of all, Auntie, I don't need to hear this. I don't need to hear this at all. First of all, let's, let's get that to the, let's get that point. Second of all, uh, yeah, I don't think you're ever going to meet Patrick <laughs> ever. So, you know, just let's just, let's just calm down. But no, that, I, I think because um, she was so into, like, she seen, she wouldn't know all his stuff. Um, 
because she was so into it and she was one of my well i say was like she's passed away she's still alive <laughs> um she, she is one of my 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 favorite aunts so because you know that was her one of her favorites and i i think i think that's why i took it you know sadly that day so well we are running out of time here we are at uh, 56 minutes and i'm not keeping you late tonight because i know you got some things you got to get done man but i want to leave us a one thing here okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put one thing out there and then i'm gonna ask you here but injuries we talked earlier about dalton being a tough guy and carrying his medical file with him you know that that kind of person has been in some fights right right injuries that dalton has sustained were two gunshot wounds four stainless steel screws nine knife wounds and 31 broken bones who what who shot him when did he get shot well i, I believe one of the shots was in that memphis place where that woman was he didn't know was married that he was seeing i think that got brought up the guy pulled a gun on him it said uh, they had talked about that might have been one of them i don't know but that's how it was listed Two gunshot wounds, four stainless steel screws, nine knife wounds, and thirty-one broken bones. Who is, I'm assuming some of these knife wounds are on on set. Well, no, this is a you know for the character Dalton over all his years. Oh, okay, okay. I thought okay, okay. I'm thinking you talking about Patrick. Okay. No, no injuries that Dalton had sustained. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know where. Yeah, I'm that's over. That's what she she's reading off to him off his chart. I mean, she's I'm looking not, at his thing because we, we're we're losing and I'm dreading going to work tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, everybody say a prayer for Ray tonight. Yeah. His cowboys are losing. Don't say a prayer for me. Say a pre a prayer for people that I might encounter over the next couple of days who want to throw this in my face. It's not going to end well for them. But not no, yeah, 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 you carry that file. You you got some knife wounds and some shots and some yeah. That that wasn't a that wasn't a small file he was carrying around. No, not at all. Not at all. So, is there anything you got on this movie you want to leave us with that you liked uh, the most that you thought was stupid? Whatever the case may be, something um, stands out about this movie that you want to get out there. For I, I didn't. I didn't think the movie was bad. I don't know who wrote that. It was. Terrible movie or whatever that slapped them. Um, I will always remember this movie, like I said, for the for the fight scenes, um, the one-liners, and it was just a good overall movie. The story was good, the action was good. It's it's just a good movie. It's not a great movie, it's not it's not like something you gonna pop down your last fifteen dollars to go see, but it was a good movie. I don't I don't think it was a bad part to the movie. It, it, it was some most of the movie. Some of the movie was actually funny, and I don't think this was a comedy movie at all. It was it's, not a comedy movie, no. But some of it was funny, like, like a lot of the other movies from back then. They try to toss a little bit of humor in with it and everything. So, yeah, that's how it is. I don't think. Well, I'm, I'm, I, 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 there was. A, a, I, 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 I don't know how well it's going to turn out, Ray. But if they make that, if they make the remake, they're talking about with Jake Gyllenhaal playing the role of Dalton. I just saw that on the uh, IMDb uh, thing. Well, if they, yeah, uh, if they if they do it, I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I don't really have high hopes for that. But. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, some things just shouldn't be touched. This might be one of those movies. I, I think you should just leave a, a lot of a lot of movies they remade. Yeah, like they redid Space Jam. Why? Why would you do that? Leave it alone. Was that considered a remake or just a follow up? Though some people says it's a remake. I mean, it could be. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't think they should have followed up, remade it, anything. They should have left it alone. 
Well, especially with uh, the... Oh. I can't go there. It's an argument for another show. We can't do that. I can't I can't leave the show on that note. I will say this about, about Roadhouse 2. If I'm if these are the two women that's gonna be in it, I, I, I will watch it on the strength of them. These two women on the cover. I have not seen the cover right now, so you're to tell uh, me. There's uh I don't think that's Jake Gyllenhaal on the cover. You say Jake Gyllenhaal is supposed to be in it. These two chicks. Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play the role of Dalton. Well, I don't know who this guy is they have on the cover. They have uh, Jonathan Shakes, Skates, Jake Jake Busey, and Will Patton. Jake Busey, I think, is going to play the uh... – okay, I see it now. No, this is something different that came out. This was Roadhouse 2 that actually came out as a B-movie or something. Oh, okay. I, I've never seen it. I'm that. that is something different altogether. A remake of Roadhouse. They oh, they just want to redo the whole movie. Yeah, a reboot, whole restart of it. But yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, not yeah. Roadhouse Two: Last Call. Not that. I think they should just leave one of alone. Yeah, they should, but they won't. Yeah. So, well, you guys out there, look for the show. We're everywhere that you get your. Uh, podcast at you know Stitcher. Uh, why am I drawing a blank suddenly? We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. It's Ray's yeah. fault. It's Ray's fault. We're talking about everything else, but Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. We're on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Music, all this good stuff. But hey, look, if you will go to Anchor.fm/slash Retro Life for You, that is where I'm hosted at. Each week now, I am putting up a poll and a question regarding the episode for the week we did so it'll be on roadhouse this week i would really love it if you'd go there participate in the poll answer the question it's gonna be something simple or stupid like what was your favorite character or what would you do if you were a bouncer i don't know i, I think i put if I, if I were a bouncer i would close the deal on on that chick would you be nice is the question would you be nice when it's time to it's time to be nice i, I couldn't i couldn't uh, but if you go there, you can check that out. There's also a button if you want to help support the podcast. You can support the podcast in any way you want to at that point. The biggest support you can give me, however, I've said this a million times, and I'm dead serious about this. Uh, take a moment, go to iTunes, click on rating reviews, and give me a rating and a review for the show, uh, the overall show. It's not really per episode, I don't think. It may be, but definitely for the whole show. It does take a day or two for it to show up eventually. I've tested it myself, and it took two days for mine to show up on there. That it is a test. And I'm just going to say this. Um, I'm just a, a fill-in. I know it's you and Travis. But please, everyone, go check them out. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Share it. Do whatever you got to do. Leave a good review. Um, Chris works very, very hard <laughs> on these shows. And, and, and as a person who does a podcast of my own, I, I get I get it how it can be frustrating sometimes and you, you do this and you do that and you gotta make sure everything syncs up and time and lines up and all that stuff. The dedication Chris puts into this, unmatched. So uh and, and it's a good show. Uh I, I enjoy it when I go back and listen and uh some of the stuff I've never seen. They talk about I'm not a sci-fi guy, so I, I listen to them, but I don't, you know, I have no point of reference of what they're talking about because but it's it's entertaining and, and and i know i know chris and i know travis and those are two good guys um so yeah now, now if i could just get travis to come on more you know <laughs> hey as it's been this year travis does come back when he can 
but I've had a lot of great people help out. Tim Williams has helped out a lot. Um, uh, Cody Tucker's helped out quite a few times. That was great. If you, if you have a, a a topic that I'm 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 versed in, like Roadhouse, I've seen Roadhouse. So yeah. many. Um, yeah, you know, actually, actually, right here soon. I told you I'm gonna be doing some. Uh, I don't want to call it behind the scenes stuff, but I want to have a lot of things that are not a part of the podcast. Okay, it's gonna be in a separate area. Uh, it's gonna be things about music, TV shows, toys, whatever from that time frame we like to talk about. I know Ray knows a lot about it as well, and I'm gonna get you to help out with quite a few of those when you got time. And these aren't really long things; these are like 15 minute videos and things of that nature. So I mean, it's gonna be fun and something you're knowledgeable about. So we'll have some more stuff with Ray out there in the future for sure. No problem. Happy to help, man. I appreciate it having me on. And uh, like I say, everybody, give give them a listen, give them a try. If you never tried it, just it's the first time you click on, go back, watch some past stuff. You see what I'm talking about. Man. Knowledgeable guys, entertaining, fun, and they know what they're talking about. Definitely appreciate it. Check is in the mail, by the way. <laughs> Thanks very much. Right, Thanks, sure check them out of zeros on it. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Have a good one.